morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration on Facebook.com, KLGO uh, forward slash KLGO radio. And you can tweet us at the word, 1490 and KLGO.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at Love Talk Network. You know, Evelyn, it takes just about an hour to give all the call letters for all the ways that people can track us down. And, you know, I'm not so sure I want to be tracked down. Hey, Evelyn, uh, First Lady of Love, get in here, sit down, tell the people to grab a cup of coffee and come sit down with us because we're going to talk about the Yes Life. You know, Cindy, uh, it is so exciting when we come here every Saturday. We get to catch up because we basically have some life together, <laughs> but we also have different tracks and streams that we operate on uh, through the week. And, of course, this is a really busy time for us as we're beginning to put plans together for National Day of Prayer. Well, Friends. you are my BFF because it doesn't matter. We, we're, we're pretty connected mm-hmm. in the sense that, uh, I, we're not on a tether with each other, but it wouldn't take long by email, phone call, or something to find out what mess one or the other of us is in and how can we bail ourselves out. Well, it is exciting to have a life that we have, and um, uh, today is a very special day, Cindy. Today's Texas birthday. Hot dog. Hot I dog need is right. I need to put my... Fiesta. I've got my favorite flag. Now, I do love... The stripes, the stars and the stripes. And I do love the official Texas flag, but I have the original flag from Gonzalez. Really? Well, not, not the original, yeah. but you know, I mean, I have a, a duplicate du- of the come and take it with the cannon. Really? And, the star. and so I will be flying that flag high today. I also have a t-shirt, so I have to go home and put my come and take it on. I am a, I am a true Texian well, and, and I call it a Texican because yeah. in, in my vocabulary, that was, you know, that either said Texians, but really I always knew it as Texicans, uh-huh. but, you know, I come out of that early 1840s group that showed up here and dug holes in the ground and yes. lived in them. <laughs> well, my ancestors came and chopped down pine trees over cut-and-shoot Texas, so I understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But it is a very special day. A lot of exciting things have been going on at the Capitol this week. We've got some really exciting news points we want to hit yeah, today. Yeah, you know, they're about at the, they've filed about 3,000 bills mm-hmm. over there already, and it and is, it's the, a phenomenal Phenomenal group, the 83rd legislature. Legislature, mm-hmm. it is awesome. Yeah, we've got uh, coming up March the 5th is going to be Texas Defense for Life. They'll have their big banquet mm-hmm. with uh, Rick San- Rick Santorum, and uh, then on the 26th is going to be Faith and Family Day. Evelyn down, down at, at the, the Capitol. Capitol. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting time, Cindy. As we are called to come to the Capitol, much like we do on National Day of Prayer, but it'll be a different type of event. Mm-hmm. And uh, the governor will be involved. Uh, General um, David Dewhurst will be involved. Uh, a lot of our good friends at the Capitol will be uh, available and verbal that day. Available the, and verbal. Mm-hmm. I like that. I as like we're that. able to visit with them. And, of course, a lot of other things have gone on. You know this. what's going to be going on tomorrow that's really getting some buzz on Facebook and some other things? That, and I get that little uh, e-letter from the movie guide, it's, mm-hmm. which is a Christian. Uh, they're going to be having their 
Christian Awards on the Hallmark Channel, but uh, is the uh, Bible the new series? That's coming yeah, forth. And, that know, starts that's tomorrow. Be, uh, yes, it is starts tomorrow, and it's going to be every Sunday night up until Easter, and that's going to be really great for people who uh, who are isolated in, from uh, a Christian body or a church or activities uh, in the areas uh, worldwide. I hope they really do. I have not previewed it. I'd like to preview things before Mm -hmm. I really talk it up. I hope they do a good job because uh, I think it's on the History Channel. And the History Mm -hmm. Channel, you know, sometimes they're on and sometimes they're not so on. And, you know, it's just like I was listening to Bill O'Reilly, you know, the last couple of nights. And he was talking about the Bible as an allegory for Mm -hmm. life. And I was like, I was like. Bill, you have lost your ever-loving mind. And so, you know, it is, I hope, not only inspired, because it isn't it isn't good enough just to tell the history of the Bible. That's available for everyone, you know, but for it to have inspiration in it, and more importantly, for it to, you know, have a, uh, a framework of truth, mm-hmm. you know, so that it isn't so watered down that people think, oh, yeah, we're really walking through... Uh, this historical uh, idea of Jesus, whom yeah. some think was a prophet and some think were a teacher, but mm-hmm. uh, and a few think he was the savior. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really praying to the end that those who are honestly seeking truth mm-hmm. will have the opportunity to hear it. Well, it's uh, that's just one of the things that's going on. Ray Comfort has uh, absolutely uh, blasted uh, some of the. Uh, channels uh, in the last two months and has 80,000 new followers on a website that he set up. And guess who is responding, Cindy? It's the atheists, those people who, don't, who, don't, who do not believe. Uh, then apart from that, you know, uh, we've had so many things that are exciting um, this week as we look at where we are. And yeah, I want to talk about, of course... <laughs> The sequestration has started, and, yes. you know, I did go check out outside my window last night to make sure that the sky wasn't falling. <laughs> sure enough, a little one missing, sure huh? enough, life went on. I woke up this The sun came up this morning. I imagine it'll go down tonight. You know, one of the things that gives me such a hoot is both one of my great inspirations for life and keeps me tickled most of the time is that, you know, uh, you have the talking heads, mm-hmm. right, who just want to yank our chain. Mm-hmm. You you know, and uh, trying to just, you know, set panic in motion in the ranks. But I love the American people. I got up this morning. People were out jogging, uh-huh. walking their dogs. You know, they were feeding their children, you know, and they're going to and, and they're going to get up Monday morning and they're going to go to work, you know, and they'll be, and so, you know. The people are in many ways, you know, aside from my relationship with God, I find people oftentimes just inspiring, you know, mm-hmm. in their just, you know. Interesting, hey, at yeah, least. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. If not inspirational, certainly interesting. People do go about their business. So. Well, another thing that happened this week in the media area, and I was looking at some um, stats this week, Cindy, uh, in regard to the seven centers of uh, power that we work mm-hmm. through with the National Day of Prayer, that the number one center of power in this nation is the media. 
the media well, today. Well, or so they say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying today that most of America's mindset comes from what they hear on television, on radio, or on the web today. And, of course, our friend uh, uh, Bob Woodward hit the fan this week when he'd called to task some of the things that were coming out of the presidential uh, White House and uh, got in a big uh, brouhaha with them in that he claims they threatened him. And if you remember, Bob Woodward was the one that blew the whistle on Nixon. And so th- these are the things that really grab attention uh, in our in the Beltway uh, and get people stirred up is what I call it. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, I'm I like I said, I'm a Texican. So that makes me contentious by nature. You know, always got that. Uh, my as Jim would say, your finger is always on the trigger. What's up with you? But, uh, you know, I I would just say to Bob Woodward, you know, they've used the word regret. You know, we got to all get our big girl panties on here. (laughs) And we cannot be walking around here when people disagree with us and like, oh, MG, you threatened me. You know, I mean, really, folks. I mean, threatening is when you're looking down the barrel. Uh-huh. of somebody's gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, here's the one that's really, really captured my heart. As, you know, because we're in Lent, and yeah. I love the Easter season. Yeah. Now, we've, we've talked about our favorite holidays, and, of course, Texas Independence Day is one of my very favorites. Mm-hmm. But the Lenten season up into Easter has just right. got to be, and it isn't because I'm about to get chocolate bunnies, because I'm <laughs> on a diet, folks. But it is because not only is it the time that defines my life, but it is that period when the people of God, you know, pause to consider what all has taken place. And you and I are in the middle of an incredibly historic moment Mm -hmm. because this Thursday, the papal seat was vacated. Yes. And so Catholics are praying all across the world as the church sits in this pivotal time of history, this Lenten season coming up into Easter as the Cardinals come together and will be praying and moved by in in silence, moved Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit to select by the Holy Spirit, the next Pope. And I have been privileged during this season to be a part of a group that is of Protestants praying with Catholics right now in repentance, praying Mm. for the church to come together, that indeed God might select a man who has a heart after God and is known by his love. Cindy, that is a big challenge uh, worldwide, and uh, that's something that we need all very uh, surely must be praying for. But there are other challenges that we're facing. This week, one of the big news is uh, the breakthrough in the health area where they are putting artificial sweeteners in low-fat milk to get children to begin to drink milk at school. Uh, you know, our president's wife has done some work in that area. I now mean, say it, what? Yeah. It is I don't really, know what that means. Well, they're not drinking low-fat milk at school, and they've the oh. the the milk producers have decided if they put artificial sweetener in it, it becomes sweet, more like chocolate milk, 
And, of course, we know that artificial sweeteners are one of the precursors for cancer. And so there's a great brouhaha going on there. I know the moms in touch, uh, moms and millions of moms, so many of them are fighting this. But you know what that tells me, Cindy, is that people are alert to life. We're looking at what's going on in our world and beginning to measure that according to the faith that we have. But others are measuring in another way. It is a fear factor that is sweeping this nation. And that's one of the things we'll be talking about today. Well, yeah, we're going to come back and we're in this series of uh, Be Not Afraid. We've been talking about the love of, love of God. And we're going to come back and we're going to do, do this. Is, is faith bigger than fear? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM. Information with inspiration. And in the studio with me, of course, is First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison. And we are, uh, you can catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. And Evelyn, today we're, you know, when we're in this series, um, the do not be afraid because we, we felt for a while here, especially in the body of Christ, which really kind of boggles my mind, mm-hmm. you know, this alarmist uh, viewpoint, you know, and, and the, and the word of God talks a lot about fear. And, and so we're talking about be not afraid. And what are those things that undergird us so that we, are not afraid. And so our first conversations have been around the love of God, and we're mm-hmm. going to continue that today. But give me your perspective on this dilemma between faith and fear. Well, I think the greatest dilemma on faith and fear is the fact that normally uh, uh, fear is based on feelings. We begin, you know, emotionally we get disturbed and then it just moves into our life in a stress, high stress level where faith is based on facts. The fact that God says, I love you enough that I have taken care of you. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Those are facts of faith. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I love that. I mean, I'd like to, I know it's being recorded. I'd like that to be, be on a loop and, you know, set over the airwaves about 50 times because the cultural, uh, paradigm mm-hmm. is that Christians and what we believe is some kind of fairy tale, mm-hmm. not based on fact. Mm-hmm. But what you have done is, is to paraphrase that right. is these, these are the facts of faith. Facts of faith. Well, uh, and faith is just um, the beginning of the experience that we have uh, in the area of being able to operate uh, under under faith. Faith starts as we know who God is, and we're going to talk about that today. But the second part of that, Cindy, is the door to faith, and it's trust. And, you know, trust is a must. It's not a maybe. It is a trust. You you can't say I have faith in God and then not trust him. Uh, so it is a must factor 
in the faith paradigm. And so when we know that that's true, then the the question that comes to all of us, whether we're Christian or non-Christian, is what are we going to do to develop faith? You know, what is it in my life that I need to do to develop faith? And the first thing that comes up is you have to learn to trust God and trust others and trust him that he will do those things that are best for us. And he says that he he will do that. We, You know, we started out with a yes life, and we say in the yes life, we have to make it simple. And I'm a simple-minded person. And so uh, we have this uh, why principle we've been talking about, where first of all, you yield to him, and then you yearn for him. And when we look at that and we listen to what he's, what he's talking to us uh, in regard to our faith and how we can trust him, uh, and part of the problem with that, Cindy, is that there have been times in our life when we put our faith in the Lord and believed that he was going to do something and He it didn't come to pass. Well, then we come to this second door that says, can I trust him? Can I really trust him? But it's a it's like a twin. It's like a yoke. He says, take my yoke upon you. And that yoke is to bring us together with the will and the way of God. And the yoke actually is faith on one side and trust on the other side. And as we do that, we will come to a point in in practice of who we are and who he is, of knowing that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And so if we don't know the word, don't know him, Jesus the word, then faith is is absent from our life. Trust is not there. And so that is the primary uh, factor in fearful living is when we don't know what it is that God says. We don't know who it is that God is so that we can move in that direction and live by faith. You know, Ellen, uh, that was so beautifully said. And And what really comes to my mind is there is a dividing line in every Christian life between not only faith and fear, but this issue of faith and trust. It is never more clear than in the Easter story as Jesus has walked those three years on the earth, living the everyday life Mm -hmm. as an example to us. But there was a dividing line between those who wanted to talk about what faith was. You know, the ones who thought they knew everything about faith. The The, Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's right. They knew the word. I mean, they knew the history. Right. But they They didn't know the living word. Right. And they not only did they not know the living word, but they didn't trust that the living word was going to become a reality. And so they were stuck in an old mindset. And then their issue became not so much that they themselves were afraid, but that they propagated fear Mm -hmm. amongst the people. And that is what made Christ so, uh, I want to use the word angry at times, was Mm -hmm. the way that he... Involved. Yeah. The way that he thought that the truth had been uh, distorted. Mm -hmm. So that what you're really talking about as you had that conversation or that dialogue earlier is this dividing line for all of us. You can have a creed, 
and you can have your membership, but there's going to be a place and time in everyone's life when we're called to step over that line of not what we say our faith is, but how we live our faith in action in trusting God for those things and for who he says he is. And the reason that's true, Cindy, is because it brings you, uh, as you walk that in through the door of faith, uh, and you leave fear behind, uh, it begins that yes life that we've talked about for one reason. It's the fellowship. Ooh. Uh, faith brings fellowship with Christ. Trust brings faith fellowship because it reminds us that we are dependent upon him and his power and his presence. So when we, you know, when we get disappointed about an issue or things don't go our way or we are deeply angry or we feel guilty and, and depressed, uh, we have to come back to the point where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And he also says, come unto me, all you who are weary, worried, worn out, and what will I do? I'll give you rest. You, we can rest in the knowledge uh, and the strength and the power of Jesus Christ. Boy, sister, you just said a <laughs> mouthful because have you have you noticed that in America, rest is is a completely misunderstood concept. You know, rest is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just sit here and do nothing. Or, and even in church language, you've, you've heard this, you know, you know, God does for those who do for themselves. Yeah. Well, there, that is nowhere in no. the, in the Bible. You know, that was written by poor Richard, you know, years and years, you know, we, <laughs> you know that it's, it's, that's right. And so Protestantism, you know, it has to, is the culprit in that whole thing. But the the truth of the matter is, is uh, in order to rest, you do have to trust God and have faith that God can do in the middle of your rest. And this is why you see so many people anxious, concerned, worried and weary is because they've not rested the troubles of their hearts with God. They've not laid them on the altar. Evelyn, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this one true God and perfect love. This is Love Talk on the Word. Cindy Vanna love talking in the beautiful blessed KLGO, the word, 1490 AM, information with inspiration. In Go ahead. You know the thought that crossed my we mind. We're laughing in here. You know, is if fun was a sin, we'd be so guilty oh, we would never get out of the without wagon. Without two little hussies of fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, and it is true. We, but you know, Cindy, that's what love is. Love is when you can be who you are doing what it is God's called you to do and uh it is it is a good life you oh know, my it is a good life you and I well Evelyn we're we're talking about this the love of God 
as we're starting with this major RX for fear Mm -hmm. and prescription for fear is the love of God. And so we've been walking through that in this great paradox of our day of, you know, never have people had so much and be so filled with fear. It's like, you know, we're afraid that our little idols are going to come be taken Mm -hmm. from us. And, And you set this up the conversation beautifully and talking about faith being bigger than fear. And, you know, it starts with this is you, you have to just, you have to condense things down to a very, a couple of very simple simple principles. And, and it begins with this. There's one God, father of all, father to all mankind came to save the whole race, desires the same welfare for all his children and that we are part of the of the family of God, that God regenerates us, sanctifies us, adopts us, pardons us, and justifies us. So then given that thought that there is one God, Father of all, then there is the word of God that says these things about Christ, says Christ is perfect love. Mm-hmm. For those of you out there trying to get perfect and to love perfectly, listen, in apart from Christ in you who is perfect love, you and I just will not be perfect love, but Christ in his perfect love is our shield, is our banner, and is our provision. You wrote a little piece today about facing fear with Ben Carson and some of his thoughts and how it's a good thing to hope for help from God. Well, uh, it starts off with the nicest place to be is in someone's thoughts. And the safest place to be is in someone's prayers. And the best place to be is in God's hands. And he says, I'll never forget the trouble, the other losses, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. There's one other thing I remember and remembering I keep a grip on hope. Think about that, Cindy. As we look back and see how God has rescued us, it keeps our grip firmly on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. This is one of my favorite scriptures. He puts a bucket of it in my front door every day. How great is his faithfulness. And I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Ooh, you know, thank you. Got, yeah, when you've got uh, the word of God that tells you, that he will renew it every day. We don't have to worry about fear, Cindy. Mercy and love comes fresh every morning with the sunshine. And that's divine love. That's not made-up love. That is divine love. Well, Dr. Carson, you know, has been in the news a lot because he (laughs) he had the... Uh, I'm going to use one of uh, one of my favorite. Oh, well, I won't great use courage. it on the air. But yeah, I was going to say he had great courage to stand in the midst of uh, of a particular stream of thought and say different things. But he said God has given us more than 14 billion cells and connections in our brain. Why would God give us such a complex organ system unless he expects us to use it? And this goes back to your original thing about is faith bigger than fear? And it is that there are the facts of faith, which which Philippians 4 says we should do what? 
think upon these things, yeah. not feel, not be led remember by your remember and think. Yeah, remember and think. So let's let's walk down some of the truths of what it is we should be thinking with regard to. Facing fear. Now, it isn't just so much that we're trying to share here, folks. This is how you face fear. It mm-hmm. is how God, in advance of us, mm-hmm. faces fear, conquers fear because of who he is. Well, the first thing about him, he never changes, Cindy. His love is unchangeable. There's no way that we could ever do anything that would keep God from loving us. Now, the flip side of that is there are many things that we can do. And we do that keep him from blessing us. And that's where we are in America today. Well, that's that, uh, you've, t- you, boy, you really are an unpopular thinker because that's that thing that they used to call sin mm-hmm. that nobody wants to talk about these yeah. days. It isn't that God is, you know, he, that his love is, is changeable. His love is unchanging. His mercy, as you said, that bucket of mercies at your door every morning. But we have, because we're in fellowship, this isn't mm-hmm. just a creed, because we're in fellowship and in a relationship, our part is to not try to fly in the face of an almighty God right. and and throw and sin. And change things. That's right. He is right. unchangeable. But, you know, that's what's happening in our nation. You know, just this week, the president came out with a whole new uh, program for the DOM, the oh Defense of Marriage. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He started out saying he believed every man and woman should be married years and years They're ago. They're pressuring the court now yeah. on that and, issue. And so now he's written this, uh, this uh, oh, I can't think what it's called, to the Supreme Court, yep. take away the state's rights to judge this. So, you know, that doesn't change. God's Word still says, you know, a man and a woman. And, and, and so it isn't. But, you know, the other thing, Cindy, it's eternal. It began... When Jesus spoke us into being, that's and true. it will stay eternal. It Jeremiah says it, you know, in, in Jeremiah 31, 3, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. It doesn't say with judgment, mm-hmm. but with loving kindness. So God's love is eternal. And, and get this, it hasn't a beginning nor an end. Mm-hmm. You and I have a beginning and an end. You and I have conditions on our love. We think there's almost there's that there's only so much that we can take from people and we can count when we fell in love with someone and we can tell you when yeah. we fell out had enough of it and walked away. But that is not true of God. Evelyn, he's also sovereign. What is that? What does that big old word mean to you? Well, the fact that he is sovereign means that uh, he has no obligation to follow anybody's plan other than his own. And that's why every life is called of God to be life. That's what we say in the pro-life movement. Jesus is pro-life. I got corrected one time saying that, that I was being political. But it's not a political statement, Cindy. And the other thing is it's infinite. There is no beginning, as you say, and it's without limit. Well, that's God doesn't say if you get up today and you do the Ten Commandments and you do the, you know, First John one nine and all these things or uh, confessions. In it, it, there's no beginning, and I mean, it is complete without limit. Yeah, let's talk about that. So it's transcendent. What does that mean? Well, it's the same thing we talk about. If Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, then was resurrected, 
This is the ultimate picture of transcendency. Right. In other words, it, transformation. We, that's right. We use the word uh, resurrection around it, redemption around it, restoration Easter. around it. Right. But he rose above every plan of the enemy of God. To accomplish, accomplish the finished work. Mm-hmm. He was the fulfillment of the finished work of God Almighty. And but it's in, also immutable, Cindy. God's will another does not big word. change or diminish. I mean, there's no level of it. He said, I'm going to give you this much love, and then you're not going to get any more. And you operate in fear or guilt or whatever, uh, a depression. But it, he does not deny it. I mean... He would not say to Cindy, you've got 10 days to get it together for me to keep on loving you. And he doesn't put a curse on it. There's no curse on it. And there is never, ever a point of rejection where he would come to the point that he would say, I have given you enough love and you don't get any more. Well, perfect example of this is Peter. You know, at the at the point that Christ gives the prophetic word to Peter that he's going to build his church upon yes. Peter is after Peter says not once, mm-hmm. not twice, but three times. Mm-hmm. I don't know this guy. I'm not associated mm-hmm. with this guy. I don't know who he is. And yet Jesus comes back to him and says, as a part of his immutability, mm-hmm. he comes back and says to him, Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Peter, do, do you, you love, love me? me? Then, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. You know, uh, the thing about that, Cindy, is people often get uh, disturbed over is that he would speak to one man and say, one man is responsible to do the things of God. And that's that's not true. What he said to Peter was, uh, "Upon your faith, I will. Mm-hmm. On this rock, the rock of well, what? He's, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he and he knew that there had to be a messenger. That's why you're important, Cindy, in this day and time. That's why you and I were born for such a time. This Juan was born. Gene Bender was born for such a time as this. Is that we are the representative of the rock." of who Jesus Christ is. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my family is what he's saying. And he said, his love, no end nor measure knows. No change can turn its course. Eternally, the same it flows from one eternal source. That's from Romans 8.35. It it flows eternally. It does not stop. You know, Evelyn, we're going to take our break, and we're going to come back because you and I are low church people, and we're going to ask we're going to ask the question: Can low church people grasp the concept of holiness? This is love talk on the word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM information with inspiration. Well, I'll 
Bobby. Information with inspiration. Well, you can. That shows you're excited. Oh, I'll it? tell you, I can hardly wait. Can't get it out of my mouth. My mind's running 100 miles an hour. What is this about us being low people? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I should explain that. You know, uh, we go to church in our flip flops. And uh-huh. I mean, I go to church and I mean, you gonna see everybody in all kinds of the muscle shirts and yeah. flip flops and Bermudas and, you know, and that's low church. Uh-huh. Oh, know, that's low church. That's okay. low church. By that, I mean, you know, it's not, um, high uh, church. That's of, right. Of high fashion. church is yeah. when you come in to church and you're usually, there's vestments and yeah. candles are lit and there may be Bells icons and people. That's right. Okay. So Protestantism is more than likely low church. That mm-hmm. isn't, you know, that's just the differentiation in, in ritual. But the truth of the matter is, is Evelyn, we're all biblically expected to come and present our best to God. That's true. You know, that is the original story of Cain and Abel was who was going to present their best, who was, and then who was going to, what was their motivation in what they were presenting? Were they just presenting their best because then they wanted something from God or were they literally giving their best because they loved God? But this is, this all surrounds this concept of right, God's righteousness and God's holiness. And so if we don't get this, God's love is not ruled by sentiment. Yeah, emotions. By feeling. This is why I love the way you set the course of the conversation early this morning about the, the, the facts of faith are around thinking mm-hmm. and not experiential. And fear actually is the one that is uh, based more on an emotion than anything else. His grace reigns through his righteousness and his love. And his love is never in conflict with his holiness. And that's the thing that we don't understand, Cindy. People think you've just got to be so high and mighty. Uh, in fact, there's a little saying you sometimes get so spiritual uh, or heavenly that you're no uh, earthly good. Uh, that's not a true statement because our heart tells us what we're to be and, and uh, what we're to do. And if we don't understand the plan and the perfect will of God, then we are in trouble because his way is a gracious way. It is amazing grace. This week when they had the... Um, uh, Awards show, I guess that was last Sunday, uh, on Monday morning on one of the network shows had clips of how many times the word was used. You look amazing. You are amazing. A hundred and one different actors, stars. Hmm. We're told, you look amazing, or you are amazing. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. <laughs> I'm amazed, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a maze when you I listen to all that. His, his grace is amazing. Yep. And and we we can think we are amazing that we've hung on and, you know, you know don't have all four feet up in the air. Well, I tell you, a great cousin, if you want to grab the hand of humility in order to find your way to the highway of holiness, grab it now because humility is one of the key factors that causes us to be able to trust God. If you allow fear to grab hold of your heart, what you really needed to be doing is grabbing the hand of holiness and humbling ourselves. But let's talk about this this seventh attribute of God, which is the stalwart Mm -hmm. of 
of combating and facing fear? Well, it comes, Cindy, when we recognize that he died because he loved us. And the other thing is that it means that that he loves human beings. It's not uh, it's not an angelic type of love. He loves us in in who we are, and and we're going to talk about that next week. But the the thing that we started with today is what is the difference in fear, and what's in the difference uh, of fear and faith. And when we look at it, faith always has to be bigger than our fear because of what Christ did. And when fear gets bigger than our faith, then what are we to do, Cindy? What are we to do when faith gets fear gets bigger than our faith? We got to stop and think and remember. What do we remember? We remember how much he loves us. He loves us. Uh-huh. And we and we have and we work upon that concept through the character of God, who he is, that our love has limits. His love has no limits. His love is founded in grace. We can't earn his love. There, there I mean, there has to be, if you're practicing your faith, there has to be a dialogue in your heart, in your soul, and from your spirit Christ. that knows these things. Yeah. Well, you know, we think about, too, the times that Jesus walked the hills and the mountains and the pathways, and um, and he had created those, Cindy. But, you know, he was half man and half God, and he got weary. He was worn out. He faced the challenge of finishing God's plan. And one thing we know about him, Cindy, he never gave up. He loved us that much. And so is our question has to be is how much do we love him? Is our love bigger than our fear? Well, you know, even if, Evelyn, the answer to that is no, what we rely on is that his love is bigger than our fear. And he says when our love is not big enough to face our fears, what does he say? Come to me. He beckons us. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And what more does he say? What is the necessity of that, Evelyn? Well, he, he's saying to us the only way to come to him is to send faith and trust to the door when we are captured or we're in prison in that dungeon of fear. If we send faith and trust to the door, then he opens that door for more grace and and more blessing. And so, I have to think about Paul when you say yeah. that. I think of Paul sitting in the prison. You know, he couldn't open that door. But as they sat in the corner of that dark dungeon, fear mm-hmm. could have just just paralyzed him. Instead, they worshipped God. That's that's an perfect picture of faith and trust going to the door and literally in that case the prison door flew open well that is so true and jesus himself was placed up on pilate's mountain uh, on the temple mount where pilate uh, had established the the rule of law and he was put in a deep hole until it was time for for them to uh, for morning to come and so we know what it's like to be in a dungeon of fear and he knew that uh, he walked everywhere he went. He didn't have a cell phone, Cindy, to call up somebody and say, come help me. He he didn't have an iPad, and he surely didn't have a David, a Harley Davidson, you know, to zoom around. Oh, he did have a, a little donkey. But you know what? 
uh, he called his friends together. Uh, uh, he believed in the Lord. And as he came back, and when their fear was bigger than their faith, they were driven away by fear. And Peter did that. He stood there and lied and said, I am not one of them. And so, you know, what happened to Peter? God came back and, and reinforced that love thing in him. But, you know, the thing that's really important about this is that his friends did not change the course of his decision. He, they, their fear got bigger than their faith, but Jesus never did. And they were looking at the cross and, and at death. And we look back at it, Cindy. It's there that love, Jesus loved, purchased this abundant life. And he said it's finished. Yeah. It is finished. He is the, this is one of the great statements mm-hmm. of the Bible. And it is, he is the finisher of our faith. What? What did he do to finish that, Cindy? Well, he redeemed us. Mm -hmm. He ransomed us. Literally, our sin for those who now confess Christ Jesus as Savior, our sin goes before us to Calvary so that he doesn't see our sin. There is nothing now that can separate us from the love of God because he, he bore Every sin, the ones that had been committed, the ones that will be committed, the ones that are yet to come and finished it was victorious all because of the cross. You know, Cindy, when we get in this place of fear and we all do it, I do it and I'm sure you do it. Jim does it. uh, And it is a fear of failure. uh, Then. We just have to come back to what you, and we get worn out and we're worried. Like this nation has been worried, you know, these months now, whether we're going to be able to, to have a police force or we're going to have an army that can protect our nation, uh, or whether we should, you know, hoard up food or get hoard up ammunition or some of those things. But we have to go back and remember, he said, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. You know, I was thinking about that this week. And uh, I thought, you know, I just never take real a lot of time to rest. But I thought, Lord, maybe that's not what you mean. Maybe you're not talking about you. I'm just going to tell you, you've done enough. He'll never tell us that. But I think what he does tell us is, I will give you the rest of the story. Uh, he said, I won't give you a recliner. Uh, uh, but I think he's saying... I will give you the rest of my plan and the power for what, Cindy, the rest of your life. When, you know, when you start hitting that uh, senior citizen season stage and you begin to see, you know, memory's not as good as it used to be, or you can't do this or you can't do that, or your friends every week you go to a funeral, it, it brings on worry and it brings on stress. But, you know, he knew that we would have times like that. That we would be wounded and would be weary and we're worn out and worried. But we're also waiting for his answers. And so, you know, I would say to our audience today, if you're there, are you one of those that's waiting? You know, uh, as you said that, if you're looking for rest or let's just say you're looking for the rest of the plan for the rest of your life. Then it is found in Christ Jesus as you come into that place of peace with God. That's what this Easter season is about. 
Evelyn. It is about the Prince of Peace and us coming in to peace with God, resting in that perfect plan, him speaking, us being able to listen, hear him speaking to us about the rest of the plan for the rest of our lives. Tell our friends, Cindy, how they can get in touch with us. And let us- yeah, they can call you on the love line. That is 249-6535. They can also get a hold of us through klgo.net at, and at 637-9673. And they are going to get the a fabulous blogs that you've just finished. I am I'm behind in my blogs, Evelyn, but I'm going home to get them done today. You can get that on lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, the facts of faith, thank you so much. This has been Love Talk on the Word. <laughs> 